Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans. Welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and this week is all about buzzy restaurants we're excited about. There have been so many openings lately that it's hard to choose where to go first, but we're going to help you. We also read some fun new food words that just made it into the dictionary. We'll give some hot takes on a fake New York City restaurant, and then we'll celebrate an Austin eatery that makes authentic Mexican Oaxacan cuisine. It all gets started right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make every recipe in the cookbook foodie or a my favorite recipe is reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food for information on our show and all the latest restaurant news. Don't forget to tell us what you think at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, we'll cover the newest and most exciting restaurants we want to visit. But first, we're discussing the latest restaurant news with reporter Amelda Garcia and our producer, Julie Fisk. Reporter Sarah Blaskovich is off this week recovering from the state fair. She did a lot of work. Amelda, you recently wrote about an Austin restaurant called El Naranjo. We don't normally write about restaurants outside of DFW, but the news on this one seemed particularly notable. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, this is a family story. It's a heritage story. Ileana de la Vega, she was the winner of the James Beard Award in 2022. So she she's like a big deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, her daughter, Ana Torrealba, was named the new chef of cuisine of El Naranjo. They sell excellent Oaxacan food that is one of the most traditional cuisines in Mexico. Ileana de la Vega, the mother, has a great, inspiring story. She was born in Mexico City. She had roots in Oaxaca. They had mole, they had playudas, tamales, and mezcal. So Chef Ileana's mother was a chemist back in the 70s. And then when she was young, Ileana told her parents that she wanted to go to study cuisine in France. But they opposed because for them, they was like, we are professionals. Yeah. You need to go to the college, to university. So she tried six different careers. She was trying to find another passion, but no. So in the 90s, she and her family moved to Oaxaca. And in 1997, they opened the first El Naranjo in Oaxaca downtown. But they closed in 2006 because there was some political unrest. And they came to the United States in 2012. And they opened in Naranjo in Austin. She told me that some years ago, only European cuisine was seen as a classic and elaborate dinner, right? And she is now trying to show the world that authentic and Mexican food is also a choice for fine dining. So, for example, she has a mole that takes three days to prepare. Oh, wow. So now Chef de la Vega is also working with her younger daughter, Isabel Torrealba. And they together have these Mexican culinary tours to cities like Oaxaca, Mérida, Morelia, or Mexico City. And they teach how to cook these authentic dishes right there in the mothership, right? I love that Chef Ileana has a daughter to kind of pass this on to, because I think that's a bit of an issue with a lot of family-owned restaurants. They end up closing when the parents want to retire because there's no one to pass it along to. So do they take reservations? Yes, and they are open seven days a week. They have brunch on Sundays. So there's plenty of opportunities then to get in there. 
One of my favorite food stories of the year is when Merriam-Webster announces their new food words, because I'm a huge food nerd and word nerd. (laughs) And so Merriam-Webster just last week announced 690 new words and definitions that they added to its dictionary. There were a lot of fun ones like related to gaming. There was like beast mode and colloquial phrases like doggo, but there were also a lot of food words. And one that I was happy to see on there was chefy because I feel like I've used that a lot on this podcast. I feel like you're the first person to ever say (laughs) chefy. At least the first person I heard say that. I think Miriam Webster listens to our podcast because another word was smash burger. Really? Yes. Apparently that wasn't in the dictionary before. And I do feel like the word smash burger just in the last couple of years has become more common. Another word that often shows up in our news stories is stage. So that's S-T-A-G-E. And a stage is an unpaid internship in a professional kitchen that is part of a chef's training. You know, you can stage for a day somewhere. Right. And I think this has come up in some of our news stories when we're looking at chef's resumes and where they have worked and some claim that they worked at a certain place, but really they staged Mm -hmm. um, and whether or not that counts. I also think that the bear is what brought stage into popular lexicon. Right. Also- One of the most embarrassing moments that I've had since I started working for this podcast is when I saw the word and said stage and Claire corrected me and I felt like I had been spanked. (laughs) And she said it. She was real sweet about it. She was like stage. I felt like the biggest idiot. (laughs) No, I mean, to be honest with you, the first time I heard it was maybe three years ago. Like it's not a common word that is used and it's a really, it's a dumb word. (laughs) It sounds snooty and it could just be unpaid intern. So if you see it, just know it's stage. Yes. It's it's, not stage. Yes, it's stage. And so some other food words um, that were added to the dictionary seem to be a lot of dishes from different cultures. There's torta. That's finally in the dictionary, which I'm like, hey, that's a sandwich. Like, I know what that is. Right. (laughs) But I have a suggestion there. Oh, yeah. Yes, because in Mexico, yeah, this is a sandwich. But in Spain, torta is a cake. Oh, a right. sweet cake mm-hmm. in Venezuela also. And when you say torta, you mean cake. But they didn't include that in the dictionary. So, oh, yeah, oh. they have to correct that. In Spain, they even have this say that this, te voy a dar un tortazo. I'm going to give you a tortazo. It's like, I'm going to crunch a cake in your face. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd be better to slap someone with a sandwich, though. To be yeah, honest. that would be better. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the cake. Do. If you're going to slap me, slap me with a cake. <laughs> If you want to read the rest of the new food words in the dictionary, just go to dallasnews.com slash food. So one story that I can't get enough of and I still don't completely understand is the story about New York's hottest steakhouse that was fake. Have you guys heard about this? No. Okay. So apparently this group of hackers, these young guys in New York, they lived in a hacker house. They decided to create a restaurant as a joke. What? Yes. They created it online. It's called Marin's Steakhouse, M-E-H-R-A-N. And they started giving themselves like five-star reviews. (laughs) They have a near-perfect Google rating. 91 glowing reviews. Best steak I ever had in New York. Words cannot explain how phenomenal the steak was. Wow. Wait, what's the restaurant called? Marin's Steakhouse. I got to look these reviews. Up. Yes. This is hilarious. And one even said, Chef Marin is a genius god among men. Wow. <laughs> now so, I, I want to go now. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't exist, though. Yeah. 
So anyway, a few diners were trying to track down this restaurant, right? And like get on their waiting list. I think some people even pulled up to their hacker house and like knocked on the door and they're like, sorry, no, we're closed. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this. But the reservation list would say that they were fully booked. And so there was a huge waiting list. So I guess after a couple of years, (laughs) what they decided to actually do a pop-up restaurant for one night only. One night only because keeping that level of excellence is pretty tough. Right. (laughs) Yes. Especially for people who are not chefs. I don't know what these people do. Especially for Chef Marin, the God among men. Yes. But I thought it was kind of funny. It's poking fun at the restaurant culture and how desperate people are to get reservations and like eat at a place. So was it any good? Like what happened at this pop-up? One guy who flew in um, gave it really good reviews and said it was very artsy. Like it was a cross between a steakhouse and MoMA. He flew in? Yes. For a prank. Over the course of the evening is when some diners started to get a little suspicious. (laughs) Because the menu purported to follow the life cycle of a cow. Courses like Meadows Bring Life, which was a salad. And then Agrarian Synergies, which was bruschetta with mozzarella. Sounds like something my kids would have come up with. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised Um, they didn't have a real cow there, honestly, if they're doing the life cycle of a cow. The story quotes one guest who actually said, we were laughing because it was like, do you think we're being punked? Wow. If anyone has thoughts on this fake New York City restaurant, please email us at eatdrinkatdallasnews.com. Next up, we're making our dining to-do list. That's right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a wild summer of restaurant openings in DFW, and fall is already off to a big start. Sarah recently covered 25 new and buzzy spots to try in her October hot list, which you can find at dallasnews.com slash food. So I really love this list, and there's a lot on here that we really haven't talked about yet in this podcast. I am really stoked about a few Fort Worth restaurants because recently our food team actually went to check out some of these. We went to Le Margot, which is a new restaurant from Chef Graham Elliott. It was lovely. Like I really loved the restaurant vibe. We were all touching the walls because <laughs> the wallpaper was like made of cow skin. Cow skin. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, it was yeah. made of. It was furry. <laughs> really? I was joking. It was a furry. Yeah. Wallpaper. It was like a furry wallpaper. You could touch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was really beautiful. Pink chandeliers had a ladies who lunch vibe, but not too, too girly. What'd you have to eat? We all had to get the French onion soup. It was amazing. Yeah. I was there with Imelda and Sarah and we split a lot of things, but we each cut our own individual French onion soup. It was really just the perfect little amount and it was not too oniony. Well, and it can get really salty too. My friend calls it salt block soup. Yeah, because the cheese can get really salty, but this was really perfectly done. We had the croque madame sandwich with a fried egg on top that oozed down into all of the ham and stuff. 
But really what was cute was the mocktails. When I got to the table, because I got there late, Imelda and Sarah were already like drinking these cocktail looking things. I'm like, what are we doing, guys? Are we, you know, and they're like, oh, no, these are mocktails. And they were delicious. So it was a really beautiful restaurant. And then Graham Elliott stopped by to say hi. Nice. And he's just really just a lovely person. At night, it actually transitions into more of like a white tablecloth date night spot. And other dishes on the menu are escargot pot pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lobster thermidor and Mussels Provencal. A couple of other Fort Worth restaurants on the list are La Onda, which recently reopened. They had closed, which was really sad, and we didn't think they were going to reopen. Another one on the list is Brick's Barbecue, which we were just at with Daniel Vaughn of Texas Monthly. Yeah, that place was awesome. I think we were all trying really hard to not eat too much while we were there, also because it's hard to eat food and then talk without drooling on yourself. Yes. But yeah, so it'll be nice to do it without a microphone. Right. A lot of it was very juicy, and we didn't really have any utensils, so I didn't want to get all your (laughs) stuff messy. It's hard to go full caveman when you've got a mic and and a computer in front of you. Yes. Julie, have you looked at the list? What are you excited about? Well, I can't believe they're already opening another Portillo's. Okay. A second Portillo's (laughs) in Allen, which I'm like, are you going to come closer to me? Because I need to hit one of these Portillo's. I still haven't been to the first one, but my husband's from Chicago. And anytime we fly up there, his mom will pick us up at the airport and take us straight over to Portillo's. And I'm always like kind of road weary. So I never want to get a giant... Italian beef. This is perfect because I can go straight home and take a nap. In fact, my husband has already gone and he took our vegetarian daughter Uh who got a veggie hot dog and loved it. So there are options, vegetarian options for people at Portillo's. So I'm jazzed about that. And I also really want to try Greenpoint Seafood and Oyster Bar that Sarah was talking about. Mm -hmm. I think primarily the way she describes sitting at the bar and having a glass of wine when you're shopping on a Saturday. I'm like, I want to plan a whole trip just around that. The other place I feel like we all need to go to is T Garcia's in Fort Worth, another yes. Fort Worth place, primarily because all these famous people keep turning up there. I know. Who are we going to see if we go there? Yeah, because it was Mark Wahlberg and then Matt LeBlanc, which I'm actually a really big Matt LeBlanc Oh, you fan. are? I don't know why. He's like a silver fox now, too. So I'm like, why is everybody ending up at Joe T's? I think Mark Wahlberg was there to promote his tequila or whatever it is he's got. Wait, but Joey, I don't know what Joey was doing there. Joey. Why are all the celebrities making tequila? That's, what is yeah, that? Yeah, that's a whole other That's a whole thing. other podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so many. I think it's just a really easy way to make a lot of money. It must be. And okay. I'm not sure those tequilas are different, you know, because there are not many distilleries in Alisco. So maybe it's the same tequila in a different bottle. I think we need to do a tequila tasting with all of these celebrity tequilas and see if we can taste a difference. I think that's a great idea. I do too. If only to see Aaron wasted. I think we have to go to tequila. They have a train in there, an actual train, and they take you to the towns that make tequila. So you are like drinking and traveling. Wow. The tequila train. Yeah. The tequila (laughs) train. That's right. Yes. That puts all those wine trains to shame, I think. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so Amelda, which restaurants are you excited about trying? I'm not excited about any restaurant. I think 
this is a month that you have to go to the fair. Oh, the okay. fair. Yeah, I have a lot of food that I want to try there. For example, I saw this sign about a fried lobster. Oh. For me, that's interesting. But the thing is very pricey. It's oh, $70. Yeah. So it's like, what? what? <laughs> and I think I want to try the deep fried birria bomb. I mean, Ooh. it's a bomb, you know? I think I have to go there and stay a whole day yeah. to try all these foods. They have this monster burrito fried. It's like, what? I feel like these are threatening foods. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like the birria bomb and the monster burrito. Yeah. Like it's going to fight back when you try to eat it. Yeah, I know. It's too much violence. <laughs> but I'll do it, especially yes. that birria bomb. Yeah. But you know what? It's very pricey. I know all the food is very pricey, but I want to remind people that you can bring your own food and enjoy the fair. And that's great. I mean, because people sometimes they can afford like to buy all these pricey things. I think the key is to go with a bunch of people to like we did when we recorded our podcast last week and sharing a $24 dish among like 10 people. So you get a little bite of it at least. Yeah. Thank you so much, Imelda, for bringing up the fair because it really is a huge culinary moment. And lately we've talked about this, but the last few years it's gotten really diverse and interesting and creative. It's not just fried butter anymore. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. there's the birria bomb, there's the fried pho, which was absolutely delicious when we tried it. Yeah. It's not just French fries and corny dogs, even though those are awesome. Yes. Like it has so much to offer now. And people are getting very chefy about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So when you guys hit up the fair, please tell us what you're trying and buying and tasting and email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. And let us know if that birria bomb fights back, especially you, Imelda, if you go try it. I will. And the monster burrito. And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining, and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you, so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants, or tasty recipes with us at eatdrinkatdallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You'll also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Erin Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. <laughs>